Well, it is so good to have every one of you with us today. In case you're new, my name's Matt, and I'm super excited to be able to get to, to share with you today. And right now, we have many who are joining us online, as well as others who are with us over in our Modern Hymn service. So if you're in the room with me right now, would you join me in welcoming the rest of our family in? Good to have everybody with us today. Hey, we are in week three of our base camp series. I hope you've been here for all of it. Uh, the, the messages have been uh, just awesome and uh, been so good and I think so fitting as we talk about um, coming into the base camp. I think it's just so fitting for this journey that every one of us are on as, as followers of Christ. And so we've been given base camp this definition as we've gone through the series, and it's this. A base camp is a central gathering site, a checkpoint where basic food supplies and other essentials are kept for a journey. And so we've been talking about some essentials to our faith. And, and again, I believe this idea of base camp is so, is so fitting because Every one of us on this journey, we, we find that there are challenges at times or times where we just need to get kind of recalibrated to what God's wanting to do in our lives and how he can, wants to continue to grow us on this journey. And so this is a place where we can kind of come into the base camp and be refreshed and refueled and recharged for what God has in store for us ahead on this journey. I think that's why God created the church, instituted the church in the beginning, because he knew we as humans, we were gonna need time, really a weekly time, to come back together and get recalibrated and come into the base camp. And so I see the church in that way. I think that's why uh, over in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says there, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day, the day of his return is drawing near. Right there says, don't stop meeting together. And the, and the further down this journey we go, the more important it is that we come together and encourage one another at church, at the base camp, as we come together and grow together. And so, so we need this weekly, we need this weekly gathering. When we started talking about this, when Chad brought this idea of base camp, I, I'll be honest, I got pretty excited. Uh, because Steph, my wife, and I, we, we love the mountains. We love going to the mountains. Um, since 1986, right? That was the first year that she and I went to Youthquake. If you don't know what Youthquake is, all of our senior hires head to, to Colorado, to the mountains, connect with God. It's awesome. And in 86, she and I got to go for the very first time as high schoolers, right? We didn't know each other. We weren't dating. Matter of fact, she was here in Owasso. I was in Stillwater. I think we met on that trip, but that was both of our first experience with the mountains. And ever since that year, there have been very few years that we haven't made the trek out to the mountains. Whether it's youthquake, whether it's ski trips, whether it's vacations, we always make it a point. Love to make it a point to go out to the mountains. And so, again, when we started talking base camp, I, I started getting excited, all right? Because I love, I mean, I wore my hiking gear, man, today. I'm like, yeah, let's do this thing. But in all my years of going out to the mountains, I had never climbed a mountain that required me to stop at a real base camp until last year. Last year, I got to go with some, some buddies, some guys, and we went and we climbed Humboldt Peak, which is a 
foot peak. And uh, uh, we call them 14ers. And some people, like, they have it on their bucket list to climb all the 14ers of Colorado or, uh, or of the Rockies. And, and so this was my first one to get to do. And we climbed up there. And, uh, and let me tell you, that was exhilarating, right? But I, I, I knew something going into this, right? Leaving from Oklahoma at 700 feet of elevation and going to 14,000 feet of elevation, it takes a little bit for your body to acclimate, right? Uh, the oxygen levels here where we're at, I mean, breathe deep, right? It's 20% is our, uh, is our regular oxygen level here. When you get to 13 or 14,000 feet, 12. <laughs> it's just not there. It's like, you know, you just, come on, you know. And so base camp, it, there, it takes on a whole other um, purpose, all right? Not just for giving essential needs, but it gives you a time to acclimate, right? And that's what happened to us. I mean, we, we left here, and, and within, within 12 hours, right? We left here, and within 12 hours, we were, already, we were at 12,000 feet. We hiked up to our base camp. And our bodies were screaming at us, right? It's like, whoa, stop. You know, you know, we actually have some O2 sensors in our bodies. And they're like, they're like going, eh, eh, eh. Well, we got a problem, right? <laughs> and so we stopped at our base camp and spent a few days there acclimating before we took it all the way to the top. You know the frustrating thing of that, about that was? All of us were Oklahomans at our base camp. We would see people from Colorado just, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's frustrating. We couldn't do it. Anyway, we needed that time to acclimate and let our bodies catch up. We had to catch our breath, really. This past week, uh, I had the uh, opportunity to sit down with a young man who's just trying to figure out some things in life and, and uh, who's wanting to uh, really take a step to get into ministry. And so he just wanted to kind of pick my brain about that. But but I just wanted him to share his story. Just tell me what, what's going on. And so he began to unpack everything that he and his, his wife are going through. Young couple, going through uh, some challenges, really struggling to make ends meet right now and as uh, prices on everything seem to be going up. And one car's broke down. The other car, they just had a, a wreck in the, the week, last week. And, and so uh, they're, just, they're just struggling. And he made this statement. He says... It's like it's hard to breathe. You ever been there? The weight of the world, the weight of all the circumstances, the challenges, situations in your life just presses in, compresses down on your chest, and it just kind of feels like it's hard to breathe. Maybe you're there right now. Challenges at work, struggles in your marriage. Bills keep coming in, prices keep going up, trying to raise kids in a ever more darkening culture that we're living in. Maybe it's a health diagnosis that you're still trying to wrap your head around. Anxiety is high, depression's crushing in on you. The wave of it all is just pressing in and it's hard to breathe. You been there? Maybe you kind of feel like this guy <laughs> From the 2012 Olympics, I mean, almost 500 pounds he drops on his neck. <laughs> he thought he had it. But the backstory is even, even harder to 
fathom that he lost his wife in a car wreck not too long before this happened and he had the weight of the world. The weight of Germany was on him. They were all rooting for him and, and this weight just comes crashing physically but I think even emotionally he was feeling so much weight. Maybe, maybe you felt that before. Well, today, today we want to stop in at the base camp to catch our breath, to breathe deep. And to catch our breath, today we want to talk about learning to breathe deep in prayer. The Apostle Paul, he, he has a lot to say about prayer, and he talks about this uh, continuous nature of prayer when he says this in several places. Uh, Romans 12, he says, be constant in prayer. First Corinthians, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. In Colossians, he's telling the people there, we have not ceased to pray for you. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, pray without ceasing. Prayer is to be this constant in our life as a follower of Jesus. Sometimes we like to compartmentalize it. Well, I got my morning Bible study and prayer time. And, and that's where we just kind of keep it. Or maybe it's that meal time, or maybe it's right before we go to bed, but we have it kind of in its little place and its compartment. But Paul doesn't seem to have that understanding. We are to be continually in prayer. Another preacher, I like how he described prayer when he says, prayer is a rhythmic constant act, kind of like breathing. It fills us with life. It reminds us of the true reality of the cosmos and draws us into closer relationship with God himself. Without it, our faith and our souls waste away. We go around out of breath or at worst, slowly suffocating. What a description. A rhythmic, constant act. It carries with it this idea of this being constant prayer. It carries with it this idea that we are to be always aware of the presence of God in our life as we walk through this life. I love it that at any moment, boom, we can break into a prayer. At any moment, we can talk to the God of the universe. How amazing is that? Sometimes we, we lose the amazement. Sometimes we forget just how incredible it is that we can bring our voice into the throne room of heaven at any moment to be heard by God. Prayer is and can be to the Christian as natural and easy as breathing. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to get to as followers of Jesus. So in our text today, uh, the Apostle Paul, he is encouraging us, he's encouraging his readers to, to breathe deep in prayer because he knows that prayer is where the power is, right? For, for the life of a believer, as we're on this journey, as we're trekking up the mountains of life, as we're facing all the circumstances, he says, this is where the strength is, this is where the power is for your journey. So we're gonna be over in Ephesians Chapter six, if you wanna get there, that's where we're gonna spend our, our time at today. Now, some of you, maybe you're sitting here today and, and you hear me say, you know, there's power in prayer and you're thinking back through your mind and your prayers and prayers you've prayed and maybe it didn't go the way you thought it should have gone. You didn't see God's power the way you 
thought it should have been on display. I mean, God, you had a perfect opportunity and you blew it. (laughs) I don't know what stories you have, what experience you had, but regardless of what you've experienced, I want you to hear this today. We find our power in this life in prayer. And I think that's why in Ephesians chapter 6, when Paul is giving instructions for spiritual warfare against our enemy, the devil, he ends his discourse there with prayer. When we come into the battle, we find our power in prayer. And so this is where we find that text of, of putting on the full armor of God. If you've been a believer for a while, maybe you remember the, this text where where. Paul's warning us and challenging us, really encouraging us to to stand up against Satan, stand up against the spiritual forces that we come against. And it's that reminder that this is a spiritual battle that we're facing. And it's there that he begins to list out the the armor, right? Put on the belt of truth. We're supposed to, to live out our identity as followers of Jesus. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. We're supposed to live a godly life. Put on, have feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. We're supposed to live on mission for him. Put on the shield of faith that we live under the protection of our faith in Jesus But on the helmet of salvation, we live in this confidence of our salvation that is through Jesus. And we wield the sword of the spirit, the word of God. We wanna live a life that lines up to it and we want to use it on the offense against the spiritual forces of this world. And so he says, put on this full armor. If you wanna stand, if you wanna make it in this journey, if you wanna be victorious, you put this armor on and you pray. He ends with the power verse in verse 18, and this is what he says there in Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. On this journey of life that we're on, this this spiritual battle, we we put on the armor, but we draw our strength and our power, our spiritual power in prayer. There is power in prayer, right? That's what Paul is saying here. James puts it this way over in James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, so that you're growing, that you're making in this life. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, We want powerful and effective prayers as we grow in our faith and we follow after him. Listen, do you know that there have been studies done, scientific studies done over the power of prayer? San Francisco General Hospital, right? They did a a study there. Amazing it was in California. But anyway, (laughs) they did a study there. Did I say that? I'm sorry. Uh, 393 cardiac patients that they did the study on. Half of them, they had strangers pray for them. All the strangers were given were their name. And they said, just pray for half of these cardiac patients. What they found were those patients who were prayed over by these strangers had fewer complications, fewer cases of pneumonia, and needed less drug treatment. They also got better, quicker, and left the hospital earlier. 
<laughs> There's power. Wouldn't it stink to be on the other half of that study? I mean, <laughs> think about it. I want, I want on that side, right? There's power in prayer. And we can witness it, see it every day if we'll just open our eyes and we'll tap into that. So here's our question today. What does powerful prayer look like? I think that's what Paul paints for us in this verse. We're gonna walk through this verse and point out what it takes to have powerful prayer. And it starts with this. Look at verse 18 again. We pray in the Spirit. Starts there. We pray in the Spirit. Our prayers are to be led by the Holy Spirit that is in us. As believers, we have the promised Holy Spirit who has taken up residence in us. Now, the Greek word for spirit here is the word uh, pneumati, okay? Literally, uh, it means spirit, but it can also mean breath. The idea that it can, you have the breath of God in you. And we can breathe deep in the presence of God. We can breathe deep in knowing that his spirit is in us because again, he's taken up residency in us. We're not talking like he, he you know, rented an Airbnb in us, right? He's, he like put his home in us, dwelling in us. And when we pray, we, we pray in him. We follow his lead, even at times as Paul says over in Romans, sometimes we don't know what to pray and we just let him pray. Let him speak, let him move. We pray in the spirit. R.C. Ryle, he's a 17th century bishop. He says this, prayer is to faith what breath is to the body. And so we breathe in deep, following the, striving to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit that is in us as we begin our prayers. He goes on, look at verse 18 again. We pray in, we're to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. When we get a, a gut punch in life, we're to pray. Prayer gives us an opportunity to, to catch our breath when life takes our breath away, right? On all occasions, we are to pray. Many years ago, when my kids were little, uh, elementary, uh, we had two labs, Labrador Retrievers, and uh, they got out of our yard. And uh, uh, if you knew us back then, you probably saw our, I mean, we had it on Facebook everywhere. It's like, help us find our dogs. And for like two weeks, almost three weeks, we couldn't find our dogs. And you can imagine the impact that's having on our family, on our kids. I mean, those are our puppies, you know, and we're, we're looking everywhere. We're driving. I mean, every evening we would just drive around just hoping we would see him. And somebody would say they thought they saw him here or there. You know, we'd drive over and it wasn't there, you know. And it was just, it was a hard time for our families as we, were, as we lost our dogs. And, and so... Uh, our kids came in to church one, one time. They were sitting in their class, and, and they were taking prayer requests. And one of my kids said, can we pray for our lost dogs? We had an intern at the time, and he said to them, we don't pray for lost dogs. We pray for lost people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was a teachable moment for that intern, <laughs> all right? Oh, we pray for dogs, right? 
we don't pray for cats. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we draw a line somewhere. But we pray for dogs. And we found our dogs. <laughs> there's power in prayer, right? Hey, there's power in prayer for all of life's circumstances. If you're discouraged, pray. Confused, pray. Celebrating, pray. Hurting, pray. Angry, pray. Sad, pray. Happy, pray. Worried, pray. In danger, pray. Sick, pray. Broken, pray. In need, pray. In doubt, pray. Tempted, pray. Listen, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble, right? We're to pray on all occasions as we walk in this constant conversation with God. We talk to him. There's power in prayer for all of life's circumstances. Not only do we pray in all occasions, but we're also to pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. Pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. How, let me ask you this. How bold are your prayers? I believe God wants us, again, we pray all kinds of prayers. Some of them are silent prayers, loud prayers. But do you pray bold prayers, right? Do you, do you pray prayers of, with confidence as you come into the throne room of God. And, and that can seem kind of weird because we've always been kind of taught, you know, we're approached God in humility and reverence, and we are. But at the same time, we can come with, with a confidence as we, as we come to God in prayer, as we approach the throne room of God. And we can do that because God told us to come to him that way. Uh, look over in Hebrews again. There it says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We can come with confidence. I like how the message version puts this. So let's walk right up to him, to God, and get what he, ha what he is ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. We can walk right up to God. We can go to him with confidence and boldness that we might receive the mercy and grace that he has offer, not in a prideful, arrogant way, but like a child going to talk to dad. We go before our Father in heaven. It's our faith in Jesus that gives us that confidence to go to our God in prayer. John, over in 1 John 5, verse 14, says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This is our confidence. We can be confident. When we pray in the spirit, according to God's will, we can be confident that he hears us. Carries the idea that there's gonna be a response. There's gonna be a response. He's going to, answer our prayer. It may be now, it may be later, but there'll be an answer to us. There's power in prayer. Many of you, I mean, we could have many of you come up here and tell stories of how you've seen God's power through prayer. I know it. I know many of you have those stories. I've been able to hear those stories over the years. Those are the stories that are faith-building stories, moments when we go, oh, that had God all over it, 
right? Don't miss those moments when you see God answer prayer. Through prayer, God's power is experienced in this earthly realm. And when we pray in the will of God, with faith in God, we experience the power of God, right? But also know this. You can't know the will of God without the word of God. We've got to be in the word. We're going to talk more about that next week, so be back. We're going to keep on going today. Keep going in, in verse 18. Finally, he says, with this in mind, knowing that we're supposed to pray in the spirit on all kinds, with all kinds of prayers, with this in mind, be alert. Literally, don't fall asleep. <laughs> How many of you all have entered a prayer with snoring, right? Been there, all right? Yeah, Father, you're so awesome, you're wonderful, this has been a great day. You know, <laughs> great intentions, not good execution laying in bed. Sit up, all right. But I don't think that's exactly what he's trying to say here. But I think many of us are sleepwalking through this life when it comes to our faith. We're not living alert to what the enemy is doing around us. We're not being alert to the opportunities that we see in front of us, those moments where I could pray right now. I could pray. I could pray for this person. I could pray for them. Uh, Every once in a while uh, in the mornings uh, where I work out, uh, the gym where I work out at, it's right on the highway, 169, and there are some mornings between sets where I'll just walk up to the window and, you know, there's just car, 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 car. And sometimes I'll just say, God, I pray for them, I pray for them, I pray for them, I pray for them, I pray for them. And I'll just do that for a minute. You know, I don't wave my hand because people really think I'm weird, but, but I, just, I, just, I just take a moment just to pray for the people driving by. It's an opportunity a chance that I can be alert to other people in the world and opportunities that I can just I can just pray for somebody. I don't have to know them. You don't have to know them. God does. He knows all their circumstances. Just be alert to those opportunities when you can pray for others. And be alert to what Satan's doing. Oh, we got an enemy who would love to take us out. We need to be prayerfully alert to what he's trying to do in this world and in our lives. Finally, Paul ends this verse with this, keep on praying for all the saints. We're to pray for all the saints. We're to be praying for one another. Everybody in this place who are part of this church family, we ought to be praying for one another. And you might think, well, I don't know all the saints. (laughs) I don't know everybody here. Well, you know some. Most likely, unless this is your first time, if this is your first time, welcome. I'm gonna help you out with that here in just a second. But if you've been coming for a while, pray for those that you serve with. Pray for those you're in a group with. Pray for those if you're on a prayer list that are coming across the prayer list every week. Pray. Pray a general prayer. God, I pray for all the families, all the people at First Church. God, I just lift them up to you. Pray for all the saints. I told you I was gonna help you out with this. So what I'm gonna ask you to do here in just a second is I want you to meet two people. Yes, introverts, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But here in just a second, when I say go, I'm gonna have you meet two people. All I need you to get is their first name, right? That's all you need to get. That also means you need to share your first name, right, with at least two people. 
but I want you to get the names of two people who are sitting around you that you don't already know. Family doesn't count, all right? I just want you to get those two names. I need you to remember those names. If you need to write them down or if you need to put them in your phone, whatever. I mean, it's just two names, but I know how our minds are, okay? I want you to get two names. Some of you are already cheating. You're already doing it. All right, I see that. Anyway, <laughs> I want you to get those two names, and then we're going to do something with like that. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand up. We'll make it a little bit easier. You might have to move around to do this. It's all right. Okay. Two names. Ready, go. sharing your life story. What's going on, all right? All right, bring it back in, bring it back in, bring it back in. Bring it back in. Yeah, you can be seated, you can be seated. If you've got two names, be seated. <laughs> all right, man, you are a talkative bunch today. That was, that was awesome. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray over those two names, all right? Here's what's about to happen. Your name is about to go into the throne room of heaven for the God of the universe. That's pretty awesome. And we're gonna pray for all the saints that are in this place right now, okay? If you're online with us, man, we want you to pray in this moment as well. Maybe you can share your names out on the live chat and you can pray for one another out on the online. That'd be awesome. But here in the moment, I'm just gonna ask you to pray. You can pray all kinds of prayers, right? Maybe it's a silent prayer, a whispered prayer. Maybe you wanna pray out loud. Maybe you wanna get on your knees. But I want you to just pray two things for these people, okay? For these two names that you have. God bless them, okay? God bless them. God grow them. Those are the two prayers. God bless them. God grow them. Just use those two names and pray over them, all right? Ready to do this? Here we go. One, two, three. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this moment that we can just pause and we can lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our brothers and sisters that are on this journey, that can be so difficult and so hard. Because God, I know that there are some in here today that are hurting. There are some here today that are confused weak and God they just need you their father to come alongside of them and empower them strengthen them breathe your breath of life into them 
Give them direction for the journey. Give them power for the journey. So God, we thank you for this moment. We can just lift each other up. God, you know the needs. All we need is the names. You, you know everything else. God, we lift them all to you. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, we, when it comes right down to it, we pray because we desire God to do great things in our lives and through his church. We want to see God do great things, right? So we pray about those things. In our lives, God, do something great in me. Use me, grow me, bless me. God, do something great in me and through me. But God, do something great in your church. And so we pray. We believe God is doing great things. We, we look around this world. You look over at what's happening in Turkey and Syria, 33,000 plus killed in earthquakes and, and the numbers rising. And you, we could look at that and go, well, how do we pray for that? Here's how, how I would pray and how I've been praying. God be with your saints. Your saints that are on the ground, stories are already coming out of how they are taking soup into these places, blankets into these places, and they're just believers in Christ are going into one of the darkest places in the world that stand against Christianity, and they're going in. Pray for our saints that are there and going there to take the gospel and to share the light. We pray. And God's gonna do great things there. We trust that. God's doing great things here. And we believe that if we become and are a praying church, we're gonna see God do even greater and greater things here at First Church and through this church. We'll see believers continue to grow, marriages be mended, trials be overcome, peace will be experienced, hope will be restored, the prisons will be set free from guilt. Addictions will be broken, battles will be won, lost will be found. We wanna be a church that goes to battle in prayer because that's where the power's at. I love how David says over in Psalm 116, one and two, he says this, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy because he bends down to listen. I love that imagery. He bends down to listen and I will pray as long as I have breath. Let's breathe deep in prayer. Father in heaven, again, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, help us to be a people of prayer. Help us to see all the opportunities we have to step into your throne room and talk to you, our Father, our Dad. God, you're awesome. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.